0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer.
1: You collect rewards, right?
0: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker.
1: You strong swimmer? So-so.
0: So-so. So-so's okay. Ah! Justin Hartley stars. you survive. You make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It
1: is cool, actually. Very cool.
0: Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.
1: Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 Hoops Cast, the only podcast, well, with that name, and that covers an undefeated D1 basketball team in the state of Nebraska. Look at that. Look at that, BC. The last undefeated team in the 402 and the 305 is the Nebraska Cornhuskers, as everyone expected, 7 and uh this week. They will not be joined by an undefeated Creighton team that lost on Thanksgiving Day. Uh They will not be joined by a, I don't even know how many wins UNO has at this point in time. But Nebraska, the king of basketball, at least right now in the month
0: of November. And no one can take that away from them, Brian. They have no more games left. The
1: they have Some nothing left it. to
0: prove in November. Yeah, that's true. Some guy in a blue sweater vest, though, right now is yelling like, Look at the strength of schedule. It's like 315 or something, you know, so you're gonna get that. But uh Well, yeah, I so- tell that blue
1: sweater vest to look at the
0: title of the podcast and realize that it's not for him. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably not hearing any of our jabs at him right now. So uh Yeah. Well, you know. That's fine. So we'll have more
1: jabs later later in the show. But before we get to Nebraska-Creighton, I want to get into a pair of interesting games Nebraska played on their march to a 7-0 and undefeated November. And that was the Wednesday night, the, the night before Thanksgiving against Duquesne. Uh, and then they played Cal State-Fullerton on Sunday. Nebraska won both of them. Nebraska scored in the 80s in both games. Nebraska won by double digits in both games. And that has been a theme. For Nebraska this year they have won by double digits in every game they played they've scored in the 80s in uh six of their seven contests this year Brian these are numbers we are not used to seeing from Nebraska basketball and I don't care that they are playing a light schedule or you know a perceived to be light schedule they are doing what is expected
0: which is just dominating teams and we're not really used to that around here yeah and uh Duquesne was pretty good I thought yeah. just eye test wise, like that seems like a team that could pop up in March or you're watching in a conference final and has a chance to get to the dance. They, they definitely have that sort of material. Um, so the fact that Nebraska was down in that game at halftime, faced some adversity and was able to, uh, you know, punch back and really have some offensive efficiency, which in some previous games had lacked a little bit. And they, they kind of, they had it at the right moment. And then the free throws, my goodness, 28 to 31 followed up with 19 to 20 is like nothing I've ever seen from Husker hoops, you know? So uh, they've got big, is, it more, in, is but, it more impressive they're getting to the line
1: or that they're making, like, obviously the makes are what matters. But yeah. we're also not used to seeing a Nebraska
0: team shooting 20-plus free throws every night either. Yeah, both are impressive to me. Um, and also the fact that, you know, obviously to get to that total, part of the reason you stack those up is you hit some one-on- one-on-ones one along the way, which in the past, um, I mean, those, those were just crushers. You could go through certain games like a season or two ago, and you'd find Nebraska was, like left five or six points at, at the line, yeah. Because you just missed the front end. So, um, they've been really clutch in that regard. It's kind of nice, like when a guy like Rink Mass goes up there, a big guy, and you expect him to make it, you know. And um, there's a couple guys who probably still have to iron some things out at the line. But yeah, they're getting to the line well. And um the Decane win was impressive to me. That was the game. You covered it for us. I was at a family function that night, but I was watching it and um i i just appreciated that that was a game that i really feel like nebraska would have lost 2 years ago for sure last year it would have been right on the edge and the fact that they won it by 10 it got a little dicey there at the end DeCain made one last run but that that was a that to me was a nice w and showed that this team could be a little different than some past teams
1: yeah, the, the best part of that game is that you know Nebraska was trailing early on. Like they had to fight to stay in the game. They, you know, and it, it felt like every time they answered, Duquesne would come back with their own answer. Like they were just trading baskets back and forth for a while towards the end of the first half and the start of the second half. And then they found something um with with Jaron Coleman or Boogie Coleman, and he was able to kind of pinpoint a kind of version of a two-man game where he would get to a certain spot and it would cause their defense some issues and they wouldn't be able to match up and Nebraska passes the ball really well this year. I mean, that's there's there's a lot to get into about why this team is playing the way that they are playing. But one of the things that is notable to me, in addition to the free throws, in addition to the fact that it feels like they're a bigger, stronger version of Nebraska basketball that we've seen, um, they pass the ball really well. Not, you know, there's still some bad passes. There's still some turnovers in there. There's still some what the heck moments, but they do a nice job of swinging the ball around. They found something in the fact that they have guys on their roster that maybe aren't the best overall players, but if they hide them, they put them in the corner on offense and then can swing them the ball. And all of a sudden CJ Wilcher and Rashawn Gary and Jamarcus Lawrence and all of these guys can hit shots from the corner and, that's your highest percentage three-point play. And so if you're putting those guys in position to be successful, if Jaron Coleman can can get into a, a spot where he can then change someone's defense a little bit and gives you an edge in the corner, that's how he founds Jawan Gary. And then Jawan Gary kind of went off in the second half. He yeah. had 13 points over a four-minute stretch where he kind of just handled what Nebraska needed to, to stay out in front against that Duquesne team. I mean, and so the great thing, again, you're getting performances down the roster. You know, the guys that were your best players for you against Duquesne didn't have to be the best players for you against Cal State Fullerton. And and you're going to have someone else will probably step up with Creighton and Minnesota and Michigan State all on tap. And so it's the the nice thing is, for as good as Casey is, it's not like one of these teams where Kaysay has to score 20 and then they fill in around it. They have enough guys that they can get points a variety of ways, that they can get bench contributions, uh, that they can you know, get to the free throw line, that it doesn't have to be the case. They Tomanaga show. That was a big question I had coming into the year, and it's nice this many games into it that they haven't had to do that. Now, will that change in conference play? We'll see, but I, I do think that's one reason to feel confident about this Nebraska team moving forward, is that they can do it in a variety of ways.
0: I think we've kind of hit on this before, but something you got to credit case with is there's all this like hype about him returning. And with that, you could be in that sort of frame of mind where you want to force it up a bunch and, you know, just, just show like, yep, yeah, here's the show. This is the show everybody signed up for. Um, and he doesn't do that. He's very much within the offense. And like he, on Sunday he shot five times. He made all and five he, of them, too. Yeah, he had all five. Had a nice game. I mean, it was just like, but he, he he passes it well, and he feeds other guys. And I really respect that about him. And it probably helped him in, like, rank that they played on, like, national teams and stuff like that, where you're surrounded by really good players, and you're sort of used to that. Um, but th- that's something that um, I can really appreciate about his game. And just back to DeCain real quick. I didn't realize this until like a day or two later because I was with family, as I said, and I look at the stat sheet, two turnovers. Yeah. And then not not one in the last 37 minutes. Like, that's yep. incredible. So, I mean, they they had to play really sharp.
1: Dude, uh, that was against a ball pressure defense.
0: Yeah. Clean ball. And that's a good sign. I know uh, Boogie Coleman came up off the bench and was really sound. And that. that's the way it's going to have to be. You're going to have to have nights where, like, Boogie comes in and he's sort of the cool hand. And then there's other times where I think Jamarcus is starting to figure it out a little bit at point guard. Um, You're starting to see less turnovers, and he's playing with really good pace. And on Sunday, Hoiberg said, actually, I wish guys would have run with uh, Jamarcus a little bit better sometimes with the pace he had at the point spot. So – That's encouraging as well. I think what you wanted to see out of Jamarcus Lawrence in these first seven games, before we get to this next stage in this season, which it very much is, is what we've seen. It's just that, that growth and like more of a calmness about playing the position. And um, so I I do understand why early on it was tough for a guy who was a scorer, a shooter, and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out your role and, and recalibrate it. And I think he's done a pretty good job in this, this first quarter of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. His last three games, he's got 12 assists and no turnovers. He had six assists on Saturday. It's someone that you can see or I could see on Saturday the comfort level of where he was at versus the first couple games where you could see he's kind of figuring out what his role is in the offense as sort of the facilitator. And I think just kind of like State Tominaga going five for five and probably at this point all the rust is gone from the the ankle injury and it it looks like he is – he's playing or he's sort of sliding into the version that you would expect. Jamarcus Lawrence feels like he's getting there too. And then you're doing that in addition to uh, having already received pretty good games from Jawan Carey and rink Mast and uh, Josiah Alec. And you can just, and Bryce Williams, who we never talk about because he just quietly does the same thing pretty much every night to varying degrees. Uh, But he's, he's such a, you know, Brian, he's such a safe player. They have just a really nice nucleus and to see Jamarcus Lawrence come along like this. um, If he, if he's able to play this way in conference season, I think it changes how you could feel about that team because all of a sudden you've got five guys capable of shooting threes. You have someone who can facilitate and get you in and out of your offense. You have a good passing team and you have guys that are going to go battle up for for rebounds. I mean, they're going to make themselves competitive in more games than not with just that formula. And I think, looking at Jamarcus Lawrence, if he and, and Tomanaga start playing their best basketball, you know, right here in December, Nebraska has a chance to win some games that people would otherwise assume they're going to lose because those are difference making guys and you throw in a good front court around them. Um, that's, that's a pretty good team. Like I, we've, I think yeah. in between the two of us, it's been a struggle to just outwardly say, we think this team is good. But there's nothing they've shown us so far where you could say otherwise. Like they've they played like a good team. They've handled bad teams. They've gotten better. They've had different guys do it every night. Like I I think as hard as it is to do with Nebraska basketball, I think we can say that this is a you know a good team. It's the best the best version of Fred Hoiberg that we've seen uh, with his team so far here at Nebraska.
0: Yeah, Fred Hoiberg knows it's a good team too. You could tell. You know, on Sunday, they win by 13. Um, I wouldn't say he was too satisfied in the post game. You know, they beat Cal State Fullerton 85-72. He, it, the thing that he didn't like, and this is something we can get into this in the next part, but they gave up 15 offensive boards, you know, so there, there's a thought. They did like,
1: that 15, too. They struggled on the offensive, or I guess defensive rebounding.
0: So both Rinkmast and Hoiberg really emphasize, like, that isn't going to fly. Like they know the price of poker goes up here um, in the next couple of weeks, and then the rest of the season. So you've got to get that edge back on the defensive end of the floor, which is how they beat Creighton a year ago. We'll get all into that, but Hoiberg was definitely. Um, I just thought it was like, yeah, you know, a win. It's a good. It's good to be seven and zero, but you know they're not jumping up and down about it. And sometimes it's easy to forget. Um, it has been a rough, rough go those these first few years of the Hoiberg era record-wise here in Nebraska. I mean, I, they could go 38-0, and 0 and I, I don't know if he'd be at 500. You yeah. know, that's like how tough it is. I think they should try to see what that looks like, though. Yeah, that just, would be fun. Just let's try do, that one on for one time. Let's do the math. Yeah. Let's play it out at least. Let's see what
1: a 38-0 feels like around here.
0: Yeah, see what that does on the Wikipedia page. Which, by the way, I always use Wikipedia for coaches' records. People can badmouth Wikipedia as they may. But it's my go to for like what's this head coach's record and what did he do this year? I don't know. But
1: it's also my go to when I'm in a mark or a mock, you know, Mark Stoops record and I can just go Kentucky year by year and then I can pull that up and then find the SEC standings. Uh and then I can look at who they're beating each year with all of their wins against Vanderbilt that they stack up and you know, those those types of things. So I, I utilize it. Same way as you do. It is it is the you quickest bet. avenue for that information. Uh, also, college sports referenced, uh, the, the version of baseball reference for college sports. I use that a lot for statistics because I absolutely hate going to the college sites. Mm-hmm. They all have the same uh, service provider or site creator. And it is just a nightmare to get in and out of those sites in under five minutes. It takes forever for things to load. I hate it. Two better colleges be like the uh, the sports reference sites. Just Give me the data. Throw it on a
0: spreadsheet. That's all I need. So, is you and a bunch of guys in cowboy boots looking up Stoops' record on Saturday afternoon, like yeah, um, it was me. They, Elon,
1: yeah, I was just sending him an email. It was just concerned concerned person from Nebraska to the Texas A and M fan base. <laughs>
0: you you weighed in on the Twitter poll that A and M ran to see who their next head coach should be, and you said it should not be Mark Stoops. Anyway, getting a I guess we're getting away from basketball, but yeah, we gotta um, get back. uh, We can get back. Um, I was saying that with Hoiberg, as as rough as it's been early on record-wise at Nebraska, it's a guy who's been to the Sweet Sixteen and he's had really good teams before at Iowa State. He knows sort of what it feels like, and um, I just get the the sense um, he believes this is a this is a team that you know if they put in the work, they they have a shot to to do something. Pretty special, but they got to do it week by week. And they're gonna have to have a very good week this this week of preparation, getting some guys sort of healed up. And uh they're gonna have to be really good on the defensive end on Sunday, and we can get into that when you want to.
1: Yeah, well, let's just take a break right now. We'll come back and we'll dive into this Nebraska Creighton game uh and everything that's around it, matchups, thoughts, all that stuff, and more here on the Husker 24-7 Hoops cast. Nebraska Creighton on Sunday Nebraska won last year Creighton is uh I believe five and one six and one uh, they play they play oh, they play Thursday night um yeah so they'll have a they'll have a tune-up game before they play Nebraska on Sunday no, the going to have the entire week yeah it's it's not a it's not a gimme by any means um so they have a they have a tune-up matchup Nebraska is a week off let's kind of let's dive into this so for me, Brian, last year that game was won for one specific reason. Ryan Kalkbrenner could not stop Derek Walker. Yeah. Derek Walker just destroyed Kalkbrenner. Now came out that he had mono. I think he missed like eight games after that. Yada yada yada. Derek Walker kicked his ass. And if Nebraska is going to be successful again against Creighton, I think Rink Mast and Josiah Alec, and their ability to pull Kulk Brenner from the rim and open up passing lanes is going to be a central part of all of it because Creighton's defense funnels everything to Kalkbrenner. If Kulk Brenner has to chase some guys, uh, if they're not playing in a zone, if, you know, all sorts of reasons, you know, if if he gets pulled away from the rim because of what Rink Mass can do, shooting threes or, you know, the occasional Josiah Alec three, that's a big, big plus for Nebraska offensively for me.
0: Yeah, you're right. As I think back to that, it was like the first um, sequence of the game. It was a Derek Walker special last year, just head down going in. He was so efficient around the basket. He did it like four or five times in the first 10 minutes. Um, And then the other part of that, and this is why Creighton lost on Thanksgiving to Colorado State. I think they shot like 26%. And I looked at the stat sheet and I was like, oh, it was basically the Nebraska game last year where they just could not like they couldn't hit it. You know, they couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. It was just rough. So, I mean, Nebraska, I thought played really good defense. You got to give them credit a season ago. Um, they had guys at that time, I believe bandamill was still healthy and you had, you know, Sam Brissett and those guys that they caused problems with their length. So we'll see if the Huskers can do a similar thing this year. You know, with guy, you got your, like a Bryce Williams, he's six, eight. This is where you hope that kind of pays off and you got, you know, long arms, they got to shoot over. But they've got to definitely make some of those shots a little more contested, I think, than they were on Sunday. I felt like the Cal State got a few too many good looks. Cal State had a really good players who are 30 points. You got to give them his due. Um, but obviously it's a game where you're also going to have to have Creighton miss some. I mean, they're going to take a lot of shots and you're going to have to live with some sometimes if they just come in and have one of those nights where everybody's on fire, they're, they're that type of team. You got to give them credit with their lineup that is capable of running you out of the gym. So um, they're gonna. Nebraska's really got to be dialed in on the defensive end, and I think that's what the tone Hoyerberg was trying to set right in the post game as they head into this week.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they they're not gonna. You don't want this to be an an Iowa type game where you have to score a hundred points to win. Uh, so I I think they're certainly gonna try to. To slow Creighton down in that regard, but they also have to maintain their own offense. And part of it for Nebraska is they have to turn the other team over or get the long rebound and run out and play with pace because I don't think they're a great half court team. I don't know that you know they're they're better when they're in transition and all their pieces can run to spots and you can keep defenses, you know, a little less set up, and it's easier to for Tomanaga to hit sometimes a transition three than it is for him to get a three in the set on the half court. So uh, because of that, they're going to have to take advantage of when there are misses or when they can get those turnovers and run a little bit. And Creighton likes to run. So it's not like this is a, this isn't a wildly different game for either of them from how they want to play. So it's going to be who can sort of manage that the best, who can cause the other team to have to go to their second, third, fourth options I'm fascinated from Nebraska's perspective who defends Trey Alexander. Uh, that's one of those things with Nebraska where I don't know that they have a great on-ball guard defender. And so if it's Bryce Williams and he had um, he had the kid up in uh, in Sioux Falls, who's the best player Nebraska played other than maybe Max Jones was really good. I think it was Max Jones, right? Yeah. yeah. On on Sunday, um, you know, so they've had some guys go off against them, but they've been able to take care of the other pieces. I'm I'm very fascinated how they how they defend on on Sunday uh, and how they choose to match up. You know who gets Trey Alexander, who has Baylor Shireman. I mean, these guys are going to be your your primary shooters, so you got to have people on them. Um, and I, I just don't know how that works out. I don't know who the who the people are in these situations.
0: This is also one of those games where it feels like one of your guys who is like seven through nine on the bench has to come up. And uh, just have a kind of a special game off the bench, you know, whether that's Wilcher or um, you know Sam Hoiberg, who, who didn't have his best game Sunday defensively, but like you know, he's 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 kind of a a gamer in these type of moments. Somebody like that who just pops in and gives you like ten to twelve, maybe mm-hmm. that, that would be a big deal. And uh, we still haven't seen that case a game um, where it's just I think been, he's saving it. It could yeah. be Sunday. If he did, that would be something. Cause I mean, if he, if he can hit like, you know, six or seven of those bad boys and you know the celebrations that that would bring, um, he, he might punch the, the, you know, the padding off the, the hoop, you know, under on the opposite end. So I'm kind of hoping we get to see a little of that.
1: Do you think they put in extra padding? Cause they know that he likes to go down there and like hit that thing. So they just want to make sure that it's as safe as possible, you know, like, just to to make sure there's not the, the quintessential Nebraska moment where star player gets hurt hitting the padding Marcus under man. the rim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're having Good. a headline back in Japan. Yeah. If uh, anyone's
1: listening and that uh, works at the PBA, let's make sure there's some extra padding here. Let's yeah, you know, let's let's be doubly as safe and twice as responsible.
0: Usually you just know. goes with, it. it seems like, kind of the shoulder bump against yeah. it more, more so, sort of like a wider receiver. I just don't want
1: a Gus Ferrat situation, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's nobody,
1: how many, okay, anybody under the age of 25 would understand that reference? There's no way, yeah. right? Like, that was a Sunday night football game in 1997, I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
0: it was back when uh, ESPN Sunday night football, sort of like Saturday night college football was a really yeah. big deal, it felt like. Oh, yeah. You'd you you know, but uh yeah, Gus You'd Therese. watch Primetime
1: leading up to it, and you'd get all the days highlights and the the spiffy Chris Berman nicknames, and he'd be there with Tom Jackson, and it felt familiar. It was like seeing felt, your friends every Sunday.
0: I always felt good when the Vikings were the were the highlight with the one song, and it was sir it was reserved for the best game. It was a... da 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 that one Their opening theme music. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was one though like in it I'll have to send it to you. it was I think it was different than the theme but anyway. Um when the Vikings like Packers were put to that one you always felt really good. Yeah, unless the Vikings lost then you just felt bad. Like Which, we do today, you
1: know. So, yeah. let's let's move on. Nobody needs to nobody needs to hear about football. So what what are the matchups? What's most interesting to you about this Nebraska Creighton game this time around? Ooh.
0: Um, I think it's if uh, as much as I talked about having to have that edge on the defensive end, that's an obvious, but I think the part I'm most interested in is if Nebraska can work with the efficiency on offense to get to, to score at the level Creighton can. And I think they're capable of it more so than they've been in the past um, in this game. Of course, last year, I don't remember what the final score was, but, was created in the forties in that game. It was something like that. It was like, they really shut him down. It was a low scoring game, but it, it feels to me like this one will be a little different. Um, you know, more of your 78, 74 kind of game, something like that. And so, you know, I'm curious, like how Rink mass in particular, who I think has been really good and just everything you'd hope for. I mean, he's averaging 14.7 and 10.1 so far, 2.9 assists, just wrote about him. That's why these numbers are so fresh to me. No, uh, you just walk around with those numbers. No. And I pro- I hope I got them right. But uh, <laughs> sometimes I say he's averaging about 14.7 and about 10.1. And which is silly to say, I think those are the exact numbers, but you know, he was three for three behind the arc. And I just think it gives a defense yep. something they really got to think about. Like this guy is a legitimate threat. We love Derek Walker here. But uh, that's the difference. Uh, Derek Walker is a great passer, and Rink's going to have to prove he can be as good at that as Derek was. And of course, Derek Walker, as you mentioned, kind of won this game a year ago with his driving. So all the credit to him. But for this particular episode, Rink Mass and his ability to shoot it from deep is something CU's really got to consider. And if they do come out on him in the spread offense, Five guys all over the place that Hoiberg runs. There's going to be uh, openings for guys to get going to the bucket, and him to find some guys for for easier scores. So you're hoping that kind of uh, materializes as the game goes on.
1: Yeah, I am. Obviously, Rinkmast and, and Josiah Alec are, are going to be really interesting to watch. I I have my eye on what Jawan Gary can bring to this game. Uh, because of his ability to go up get rebounds he can play inside he can shoot from outside he can run the court uh I don't there are times where you could make the case that Nebraska's best player could be Jawan Gary now on Sunday we saw he was kind of working through something with his shot uh it almost seemed Brian like he had the yips there for a minute uh where he just could not get the feel you know I think he had three air balls uh, he hit the side of the backboard at one point in time, and we know he'd worked on his shot over the over the summer, and that shot that he had debuted this season has really kind of been big for Nebraska, so hopefully he can find that stroke again throughout the week, because he's going to be another important piece to this coming off the bench, or if they end up having him start, however they choose to go with it. But that rotation when you get him uh, along with rink mast, and then you're also playing with Tomanaga and Lawrence and Bryce Williams that's a really interesting grouping you're you're long there with Bryce Williams and Gary you're athletic there with all five of them you have five guys that can shoot from the perimeter you have five guys that can run so you have to defend the entire court that's a that's the lineup that I think Nebraska has to be fairly successful with on Sunday if they're going to win this game like those those five guys probably have to be plus for you when you're talking about the plus minus
0: yeah, and, they, and they've, uh, you know, you talk about Jawan Gary. He's uh, he's always been good on the offensive glass, Hoiberg will say. He's been improving, um, getting his body on guys on the defensive end, but that this is going to have to be one of those games going back to the boards they allowed in the second chances of the last couple games. Um, they're going to have to shut that down more because this is one of those where if you give up that many boards to Creighton, uh, you know, it gets kicked out. A guy hits a three on the second or third shot on the possession and you, and you pay for it. So you're you're just not going to get away with it. So um, they've got to be really good on the glass and and sort of uh, come out with the attitude like this category belongs to us.
1: Yeah. And then the, we mentioned it earlier. Nebraska has been doing a, li- a lot. Um, we know that Creighton uh, does not foul a lot. They don't get called for a lot of fouls. Nebraska doesn't really get called for a lot of fouls. So if either team is spending a lot of time at the line, that's a departure from what we've seen most of the season so far, but that's been a big part of Nebraska game. So they're going to have to figure out how to get back to the free throw line. I asked Hoiberg about it after the the Duquesne game because of 31 attempts. And I think that was at that time, the fourth or fifth time they've gone over 20 for the season. And he kind of just made it sound like it wasn't, it's not anything that they're necessarily changed or done different with the offense. It's the personnel. He thinks those guys, are aggressive, they're able to draw the contact. He thinks you know, he basically just said case has a way about of him of picking up fouls on players, uh, things of that nature. So if Nebraska or Creighton can get to the free throw line a lot on Sunday, I think that could dictate the game as well. I mean, how how this gets officiated is always anyone's guess, uh with with you know, college basketball officiating, and I'm sure we're gonna see some familiar faces being the three, the three down on the court, but I, That'll I think Brian that's gonna determine a lot just given how both of these teams sort of play and what their reputations are defensively.
0: Yeah, and then and then there's the other part that's sort of just the the mental side of a game like this where you've got veteran players on Nebraska's roster, but also guys who are new to this particular game. And it's gonna be really interesting to them when they walk on the floor and they see this is different than a, okay, like you know, it's gonna be a full house and it's going to be jumping and there's just going to be a buzz in the air and obviously whatever people want to say about Creighton I mean that just almost on the they were on the doorstep of the final four last year they got a lot of pieces back they've been in big games and so it's it'll be kind of uh, a curious thing to me to see how Nebraska responds if there's that piece of adversity where let's say CU goes on a 11 to run like do you have it in you to go to the huddle and you you've got those veteran guys who say it's fine let's collect ourselves and you go right back at them and, and counter punch because we haven't seen to that degree that type of game yet and this game i mean ideally you avoid that but let's be real you there's probably going to be one run sort of like that by creighton and you got to have your own that 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 answers it so that'll be something to definitely watch
1: yeah it's i mean it, uh, the emotions of that game are always kind of fascinating how the crowd, uh, reacts and can play a part in it. I believe you were there in December of 2018 when Nebraska last won this game at home, that crowd was like, what I have to assume it seemed to be for the gladiators in the Roman times. I mean, there was, there was definitely some bloodlust in that crowd that day. Uh, they were loud, they were angry and, they were very, very appreciative of watching Nebraska blow Creighton off the court. Uh, and so that can, I mean, that could potentially be a part of it too. This, this series is always fascinating to me because of, you know, the way that it's kind of just evolved and it feels like you usually get uh, some, some interesting environments to play in. And I would, I anticipate it to be a relatively close game on Sunday. Like I, yeah. hey, I don't, you know, if, if Nebraska were to win, it'd be a shock to me if it's by double digits um even though they did it last year and the same thing with Creighton like I don't I don't look for either team to just go away and I think there's going to be a few haymakers that get thrown on Sunday
0: last year was a a strange deal because Nebraska breaks through and wins you know but it was like unexpected and I was there and there weren't a lot of Husky people in red there (laughs) I mean, people were kind of – and that's because, like, going in, Nebraska was kind of stumbling a bit. Creighton looked really good. And uh, I think people are kind of laying low, you know, like, eh, it's yeah. not going to go well. And then it just – Nebraska gets off to a good start. I kept feeding it, you know, and it's, they never really relinquished a lead. And maybe they did at one point, but it didn't seem like it. And so that was a strange win because it was such a nice moment for Husker basketball, but there wasn't, like, a ton of Husker fans – at least basketball fans husker football there are a lot of husker football fans in the crowd um but um they're there to really enjoy it so this would be different in that that respect if Nebraska could get it done um with all the, with everybody yeah you know, obviously there'll be some blue there but I, it's it's going to be a great crowd i'm pretty fired up about this game
1: yeah no i think it'll be i think it'll be a good one do you want to give a prediction on it hmm,
0: not really um <laughs>
1: you don't have to
0: I mean, we're still five days away from it. Yeah, I don't know yet. I, I sort of would probably give the edge to to see you slightly. I would. I it'll be interesting what the odds have it. Um, But I think Nebraska is going to go toe to toe with them. I really do. So I think this is a game that's like decided by five or six points or less. Um, And if it's beyond that, I'll be kind of disappointed unless we see a show from from the Oscars that that really gets everybody like, okay, buckle up, this is going to be wild. I just hope people go into it understanding this is a good chance to see sort of where Nebraska is. It is an important game because you do need to notch these things on your resume that help later. But this is the beginning of a four-game sequence in my mind where you play Creighton, then you play at Minnesota Wednesday – Michigan State at home, and then at Kansas State. And the way it sets up in my mind, Schaefer, is if they can win one of the two between Creighton and Kansas State somehow to get that on the resume, and then they could at least be one and one you know, in, in the Big Ten, I think you're feeling really good if that happens. And I'm not saying, hey, go for more by all means, but if they get to that, I think uh, they're, they're setting themselves up to get people pretty excited.
1: I I think we're going to see a game on Sunday where, you know, whoever ends up losing, it's not going to be one of those where you you could talk yourself into the fact that they could have also won the game. You know, I think both teams are going to come out of Sunday's game looking pretty good regardless of what the result is. And that should probably inspire some confidence because that will be a tournament team in Creighton. And if Nebraska can go toe to toe with them, then you suspect they're going to be able to go toe to toe with their conference. And if they're able to do that, stack up enough wins, you can see kind of where things will fall at the end of the year. And so I, I it like you to be relatively close, um, you know, and we'll see if they're, they're able to pull it out. And to me, the, the critical things are going to be, if they can, uh, if they can get to the free throw line and, what sort of version of of Nebraska comes out shooting because they you know really? if they shoot like they did against Ryder, they're going to lose that game and they might lose that game by 15 but if they play like they did at other points this year if they get the version of them that went into to you know the the Sanford Pentagon and and just raced uh Oregon State out of the gym and obviously Creighton's better than Oregon State but if you get that version even if it's just for 8 minutes of playing time i mean Nebraska could gore in flurries and that uh that could really dictate some things for them as well i i'm just fired up for it it's fun to have this game kind of matter you know part of why last year felt like sort of out of nowhere is you didn't really think nebraska's season was going to matter basketball wise uh and right now they're 7-0 and and you know the expectation is that uh, if they can get by creighton and and win a couple more games here in december you could be talking about a team that's right there on the fringe of the bubble even with the soft of the non-conferences that played
0: <clears throat> yep, you'll have some people also tuning in for the first time to check them out. Yep. you know, your more casual crowd. so that'll be um, a good chance for them to, you know, really make a statement to the people in this this area like okay, this this is a team i gotta I gotta keep an eye on. so um, we will cover it toe to toe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and we will be back with more husker twenty four seven hoops casts. Uh, moving forward as well. So you can anticipate that. Be sure to check out everything we got going on at Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage of basketball. Plenty of wrap-up coverage of the 2023 Nebraska football season. Of course, you have the recruiting cycle front and center right now. The transfer portal, Brian, is going to be hot and heavy. And people can find all of that information and more at Husker247.com. If you get there on Tuesday, we have a 75% off deal going right now the best deal that we offer every single year that will get you a year's worth of coverage will carry you through the recruiting period the spring off season nebraska basketballs run all of that and more setting you up for the 2024 season uh so if you you know if you've wanted to try husker 24 7 this is the best deal that we can offer for you and oh by the way you get Paramount Plus when your subscription promo runs out as well, which means then you can watch future Nebraska games on CBS uh, when that is coming here in the near future. So uh, as well as, you know, all the other offerings of Paramount Plus. Anything you want to add, Brian, before we hmm. depart?
0: No, uh, I don't think so. I said toe-to-toe. I meant head-to-toe. Um, so I'd like to correct my s- stupidity. Um, but that's, that's about it. Um, I'm, I'm ready to roll with hoops. Um, you and I have been fired up about this team before the season even started, like with intrigue at least. And I think it's slowly built. And yeah. so uh, hopefully next week we're, uh, we're just like bouncing off walls around here. Like you, we can't even hear us in the microphone. Cause we're just moving around so much with excitement about what's happening. <laughs> I,
1: would, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that more than anything. I just want to be like, yeah, they are good. That's all I want to be able to say. I, yeah, I just want to confirm, and that's what Sunday can be, is a confirmation that Nebraska is good. They don't have to win to be able to confirm that, but it would sure be nice if they're able to, to come through against the Creighton Blue Jays. All right, well, we'll have all of that coverage on Sunday and all of the coverage of everything else, Huskers, leading up for it on Husker 24-7. For Brian Christofferson, I'm Mike Shaver. We're Husker 24-7. We'll catch you next time.